It's a question some parents fear above all others. Mommy, Daddy, where did I come from? The tired and now anxious parental mind races through several thoughts. I knew this would come. I didn't want it to be this soon. I'll just say, a starship from the planet Spork delivered you to our door. The overarching question is, how much truth can this child bear at this age? And I think that fits in well with our tendency. We have a tendency to say to children what Jesus said to his disciples. I still have many things to say to you now, but you can't bear them. It's a picture to me of incompletion. We only have part of the story. In my office is a picture drawn by a preschooler. It is a person. It has a circular head and two big round eyes with a spot in each one, a broad, smiley mouth, So that's the head. It sits on a horizontal line, and that's the body. And extending down from the body are two upside-down T's, two uppercase T's for the legs and the feet. So no nose, no ears, no hair, um, no real body, no arms. It's a picture of incompletion, and yet several years later, this former preschooler can draw a body with all the body parts. So the picture becomes more complete as the development continues. When Jesus says to his disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now, He reminds us that we are incomplete. We who hadn't had the experience of three years with Jesus, walking with him every day, and those guys are incomplete? And here we are, 2,000 or so years later, really also incomplete and maybe even more so. One of Calvary's saints, Florence Stump, graduated at age 18 from William and Mary. And she started teaching. And then, not long after she started teaching, she began working on her master's degree. Well, in her home, she had a picture on her wall of when she graduated from getting her master's at Holland's two years after her retirement. And I love that image of the fact that she knew life is a constant learning process. It never ends. After decades of teaching, she was still learning. She reminds us that we are incomplete. Many years ago, I was feeling rather unfulfilled in the first job I had after college And so my antennae were out and kind of searching around, trying to figure out what was the next step for me. And at that time, I had a conversation with a former missionary named Tim. 
And Tim told me about a program called the Journeyman Program in which college graduates up to age 30 could go overseas and help career missionaries for two years at a time. Well, that appealed to me for some crazy reason, and so I applied. I went to the Foreign Mission Board, and I got an application, and, and even in the process of getting that application, someone else connected me to that program. And um, so I, I went. Everything worked out, and I spent those two years overseas and came back. And um, after I got back, my parents told me that they had suggested that program to me before Tim had. But apparently, I could not bear it then. Poor things. They tried to get me out of the house earlier, and it just didn't work. <laughs> In the Gospels, Jesus has told the disciples again and again what to expect, but they can't bear it. They can't handle, they can't comprehend the information. They don't have a framework on which to hang his idea of total surrender to God. They think they understand, but they don't. They're incomplete, just like us. Fred Craddock told a story about a friend who, who uh, a friend of his from his early days when he was growing up in western Tennessee. Uh, Craddock would go home every year at Christmas time, and every year he would go and visit his friend Buck, who had a restaurant there, and he'd get a piece of chess pie and free coffee and uh, visit with Buck. And so it was the same every year, year after year, until one Christmas when he went into the Buck's restaurant and he said, Merry Christmas, Buck. And Buck said, let's go for coffee. And Fred said, what's the matter? Isn't this a restaurant? Buck says, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder. So they went for coffee, and pretty soon Buck said, did you see the curtain? Buck, I saw the curtain. I always see the curtain. And what he meant by curtain is this. They had a number of buildings in that little town called shotgun buildings. We have a few of them in Roanoke. They're long buildings, and they have two entrances, one at the front and one at the back. The front door is off the street. The back door is off the alley. And there's a curtain and a kitchen in the middle. So this was what Buck's restaurant was like. If you were white, you came off the street. If you were black, you came off the alley. Buck said to Fred, the curtain has to come down. Fred said to Buck, good, bring it down. Buck said, that's easy for you to say. Come in here from out of state and tell me how to run my business. Okay, then leave it up. Buck says, I can't leave it up. Fred says, well, then take it down. Buck said, I can't take it down. He's in terrible shape, and after a while he says, if I take the curtain down, I lose a lot of my customers. If I leave the curtain up, I lose my soul. In this passage from John 15 and 16, it's the final discourse is what uh, scholars have given the title. Chapters 14 to 17, almost a fourth of the Gospel of John is devoted to these final words of Jesus to his disciples. And he's telling them what's going to happen. And he's 
giving them what they need to move forward. The disciples needed someone, since Jesus was going to be gone, who could help them discern between truth and falsehood, who could help them discern what they needed to do next. The disciples were unable to take in everything that Jesus wished they could, but since they couldn't, he gave them and us the gift of the Spirit of Truth. The spirit that would slice through our egos and lead us to wise choices. The spirit that prays and speaks through us when we cannot speak for ourselves. The spirit that guides us into all truth when we are feeling uncertain and incomplete. We wish the spirit could be the only voice guiding us. Instead, advertisers prefer that we listen to them instead of the Holy Spirit as we make choices. So-called friends prefer that we choose to follow them and do what they want us to do instead of following the Holy Spirit. Even our social mores clamor to make us believe that we need to be perfect. We need to be complete. We need to portray, if we're not perfect, an image of perfection even though up here we know that no one is perfect. We know that we are all broken. We know that we are all incomplete. We need a holy advocate. Someone who will help us make the hard decisions that are best not for our reputation nor our pride. Decisions that may not feel good to those around us, but are the best our souls. Once when a hospital chaplain spoke to a group here on a Wednesday night, one of the things he said really struck me that he, had, he and his wife had made a pact that if either of them was ever in the hospital, they would not leave the other side. Ever. They would let other people take care of the things, their pets or kids or whatever they had to take care of, but they would stay together because everyone, this is coming from a hospital chaplain, every patient in the hospital needs an advocate. Hospitals are not perfect. Like churches, they're made up of imperfect people, broken people. We make mistakes. And so we need an advocate. Well, we have one. We have an advocate who is concerned for our welfare and who's waiting to be consulted about our direction. As individuals, we are incomplete. We are broken, but we are not alone. And we have the Holy Spirit of Christ to move us out of our stuckness toward healing and hope. Now, I say that as individuals and I say that as a community as well. Think about that as a a church, as Calvary Baptist Church. We are incomplete. We are broken, but we are not alone. And we have the Holy Spirit of Christ to move us out of stuckness toward healing and hope. Hear Jesus' words to the disciples and to us. When the Spirit of truth comes... 
He will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that the Spirit will take what is mine and declare it to you. Do you hear the Trinity? Before there was ever a doctrine of the Trinity, Jesus is talking about the Father and how what he has is the Father's, and then what the Spirit has now is also the Father's and is Jesus's. And he he offers us that connection among the, the three in one. The Spirit is our advocate to help us through each day. There's a group called Casa. In Spanish, it's the word for house or home. But as an acronym, it stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. And they are people who will accompany children through the court system, through the social services system, They will watch over them if they're in foster homes or group homes and make sure that there's that that they have the child's best interest at mind because sometimes the courts don't see the whole picture and social services can't see the whole picture. And so they they watch over this child. And I think that's a, a good image for us too, that we have this advocate that walks alongside us and has our welfare in mind. That spirit is guiding us all the time. And more so, I think, when we listen. I think we always have that spirit inside us, guiding us. Some some might call it intuition. Some might uh, call it a gut feeling. And yet, that's what I call the Holy Spirit. Moving us forward, guiding us to know when something's right, when something isn't helping us in everyday decisions. Tom Long, in a sermon, told a story about Pope John XXIII. His, his name, before he became Pope John XXIII, was Angelo, Angelo Roncalli. And Long said that each night, after his evening devotions, Pope John XXIII would say to himself, Who runs the church? You or the Holy Spirit? Go to sleep, Angelo. Let us pray together again for the guidance of this Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, you run the church, and we thank you for inviting us to share the responsibility with you and to be the hands and feet of Christ in touching the world with a spirit of sacrifice, a spirit of love, a spirit of freedom and a spirit of hope. Guide us, we pray, as we seek to follow you, as we seek to listen to you, and to become more complete, more completely, the people you have created us to be. We thank you, O God, for all the aspects of who you are. We pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.